Arizona Boomer Radio brings you Straight Down the Middle, Arizona's only Internet golf show. Straight Down the Middle is produced by the Boomer and the Baby Incorporated in partnership with GolfMix.com. GolfMix is your place to read course reviews written by recreational golfers just like you. Learn about the course you're going to play. Check out GolfMix before your next round. Now it's time to hit it straight down the middle. Four! Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. That's when McCaddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. But it went straight down the middle, like they say. Whack down the fairway. It went smack down the fairway. Then it started to slice just a smidge off line. It hit it with two, but it bounced off nine. My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay. It went straight down the middle, flying away. show on the internet for Phoenix, Arizona and Arizona in general. I'm Pete Peters and uh, with me on the line today as usual are Mr. John Bloom and Mr. Kirk Getzinger. Good morning gentlemen. How's everybody today? Morning Pete. Good to be back with you and uh, great to be in in this lovely state of Arizona at least for uh, another day before we might get another set of winter storms it looks like. Well every now and then. Go ahead John. Go ahead. Yeah, Pete, good, good to be with you on, on one of these mornings about why we're here in Arizona, right? 80, 80 degrees, perfect perfect uh, Thursday morning in March, and uh, uh, never saw too many like this when I lived in Michigan, that's for sure. Um, it was more what we saw on the weather cast this past week, worrying about is the snow shovel going to break as I'm trying to get out from underneath 12 inches of snow in my driveway? So this yeah, is, this, this 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 makes it uh, this this makes this place what it is. Yeah, well, let me let me rephrase that, uh, Pete, real quick. A winter storm for us means you know maybe some rain and a high in the mid 50s. So uh, for anyone who's listening in Canada or in the eastern part of the United States, the Northeast especially, I apologize uh, for for comparing that to the winter storms that are. Is it going on elsewhere? It's clearly not uh, quite the same. No, there is a little difference between theirs and ours, that's for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Say, well, uh, we're kind of sitting here waiting for our guest to show up. Hopefully she gets in. I hope nothing, uh, nothing untoward has happened. But in the interim, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what Golf Mix has got going. Now, let's give, give us an update on, uh, on Golf Mix. And then after that, let's talk a little bit about the founder, the R.R. Donnelly Founders Cup. Well, I think that's uh, first and foremost for us, too, Pete, is is uh, the LPGA coming to town. And uh, for those who haven't been paying attention so far this season, you know, they've been in, in Asia. They haven't played in the United States yet. So the first event they're going to play is next week right in our backyard and almost literally in my backyard at Wildfire Golf Club up by Desert Ridge. Uh, if you live in the in the valley, uh, then you may be familiar with Desert Ridge. If you're not, it's, it's basically where the 51 and the and the 101 meet uh, up north in, in North Phoenix. Uh, Tatum Boulevard's the exit off the 101, and 
very easy to get there, uh, and I think it's going to be very entertaining. The weather should be great, at least uh, what it looks like right now. And for us at Golf Mix, that's a, it's a big week for us because we're going to be uh, partnering up with the LPGA and with the tournament and doing live streetcasts uh, every afternoon starting Thursday uh, from 4 till 6. Uh, we'll be uh, broadcasting live, and we'll be bringing players on with us uh, to interact with fans. Uh, it's a really unique uh, format. If you haven't seen the screencast yet, we've been doing them weekly. Uh, myself and Aaron Oberholzer, we're going to do one this afternoon, actually, at 4 o'clock. We moved uh, last night uh, to this afternoon, and we're looking forward to talking about the first round at the at Doral and a whole bunch of other topics. But for next week, it's going to be all about the LPGA. It's going to also be about the venue and, and uh, you know, the surroundings, and, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of people uh, that we know and, and bring them on. It's going to be a lot of fun because it's a two-hour uh, broadcasting, but I think it's going to fly by because, Pete, as you know, when you're just kind of bouncing around from one guest to another, uh, those two hours will go quickly. And, and the neat thing is we're going to have the LPGA behind it, too, and helping us promote it and get the guests lined up and, and make it entertaining for everybody who tunes in. Well, I know exactly what you mean about that. I had a, 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 not, a not a dissimilar situation when I was out at the Legends event a, a couple of weeks ago, which, uh, which was a lot of fun out there talking to the – to the ladies that were uh, out there playing many, many years ago and uh, talked to several of them, Rosie Jones and Barb Moshe and uh, my 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 dear sweetheart, Cindy Rarick from Tucson. I played in the Pro-Am, I mentioned before, with Cindy, and she was nice enough to give me some interview time, and we had a nice conversation. So uh, we have those available on uh, on the on the uh, Blog Talk platform as an archive, so people can listen to that as well. Uh, I want to put in a quick plug while we're talking about the LPG and and now the Legends a little bit. I was talking to Cindy, and I said, Cindy, there's nobody on your bag. There's there's no sponsor on your bag. She says, it's available. So uh, if anybody is sincerely interested in in, that here's this, is interested in having a a position on uh, LPGA Legends golfer's bag, contact me and I'll get you in touch with Cindy Rarick so you never can tell uh, how that's going to work out. Um, I I don't discuss prices about it or anything like that, but I can put the two of you in touch. She's interested in talking to people that have a business or some sort of a golf-related situation that uh, would would fit in well with what she does. And uh, you might get a ride on a on an LPGA legend player's bag. So enough said about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the, the Donnelly. I, I saw that the uh, you were out there at the, on the top of the building uh, some time ago, a few weeks back, doing your spreecast from up there. And, I, and they were also feel, feeling... Uh, Filling the airways with a was it was that a remote control helicopter they had going up there, guys? That they were taking yeah. the aerial views of those of the buildings and the shots and everything. That's what it was, uh, Pete. It was uh, it was a group called VentureLinks. Uh, first time I had a chance to to meet those guys, and they put together a, about a six and a half minute production of uh, of what they called the VentureLinks Challenge, uh, and it was in accordance with the media day where they just came up with this idea to have uh, three of the ladies, Paige McKenzie, Wendy Ward, and Amanda Blumenhurst, go up to the roof of the JW Marriott at Desert Ridge and, and hit it to the 18th hole. I think it was about, uh, they calculated a 200-yard shot or somewhere in that range. And uh, the video is, is pretty entertaining to watch. I think, uh, you know, they did a nice job at VentureLinks. We did the spreecast, had a great time up there as well. And then uh, the media got a chance to take a shot 
they, they had us uh, go to about a 130-yard shot as opposed to the 200-yarder. I think they knew better than to, to put a bunch of uh, hybrids in, in our hands <laughs> off of a rip. Uh, but we were hitting a nice little wedge, and it was fun. It was, it was a really neat uh, day. I think it got the media talking, and it's certainly getting people uh, looking at this event in a different light. You know, I, I can see from our relationship with the, the folks at the LPGA and, and how it's gotten stronger over the last few months leading up to this event, uh, you know, there are challenges, which are, are, are many as far as trying to grab a piece of the market share and get people into their sport. But I will say this. Uh, I think when you go out and you watch these ladies play golf, uh, if you're a real golf fan and you play golf, you're going to have an appreciation for it. And, uh, and it's also a really pretty venue. And, uh, and the fact that it's the first event for them on our native soil, uh, it means that every single player is there. I mean, basically, when we talk about the Phoenix Open, you know, we talk about maybe 20 of the top 50 will play in it uh, in the world. Well, in the LPGA event, it's 50 of the top 50. I mean, you're seeing every single one of the best players in the world uh, playing. And, and I think that that's a, that's a neat thing, too, for, for real golf fans. So those things combined with the family environment, you know, I'm going to be taking my daughters out there. I'm really excited. Uh, they've got a clinic that the JGAA is a part of. Uh, that I think is going to be fantastic for kids, uh, not just girls, but also uh, boys and, and young, you know, youth to be able to come out and, and get introduced to the game by some of the best. And uh, and I just think they're so much more approachable, uh, and they are uh, you're right there, and, and you get as close as you possibly can to, to greatness in this sport. So I, I, I actually think that it's a, a really neat experience, and I'm looking forward to being out there all next week. And, Kirk, I know you've got uh, you know some similar feelings about uh, – the challenges that the LPGA has uh, to try to get, you know, the attention that, that we give to so uh, readily for, for the PGA Tour. Yeah, you know, John, you're, you're exactly right. And uh, I, I think this event, you know, provides a really a really unique showcase uh, for, for golf here in the Valley. I mean, first of all, there's no question, uh, like you mentioned, about the talent level of the players. I, I mean, Chris uh, Garrett, the tournament director, had mentioned to us the other day there's going to be like, 23 out of the 20 to 25 top LPGA players there. So the all, all the top players are going to be there. And I did take a little peek at the long-range forecast for the weather, and it is supposed to be outstanding at the end of next week. They're talking about in the 80s and sunshine, and so it's going to set up for uh, it's going to set up for some low scores as well. And that makes it that always makes it uh, makes it more exciting. And then, like you mentioned, it's not it, it it's obviously not a tournament where you're going to have 500,000 people coming out there. But from a, fa- a fan standpoint, a true golf fan standpoint, it allows you to stay really close to the players in the play. And that's one thing that golf affords um, perhaps in a way that no other sport does when you're sitting there on the uh, on the course, uh, you know, literally a few yards from the player, uh, w- watching them, uh, you know, compete, and I think it just provides a it, it's a great venue for for this event, and I think for somebody to come out and watch some real quality golf, they will uh, they'll be very much impressed. Well, I was uh, I was very much impressed with uh, the the hospitality and the accessibility of the of the legends players, and I know that's that way on the. Uh, I'm still called the big tour with them as well. Uh, so I, I was very much impressed with the fact that they would be walking down the fairway talking to people. 
they came off the 18th green thanks thanking people for coming stopping uh, by the stand shaking hands uh, and, and saying hello to folks and i don't think every one of them knew every one of those people and it's very it's a very different feel on the lpga as far as dealing one-on-one <clears throat> excuse me dealing one-on-one with professional athletes than it is frankly on uh on the pga tour where they're a little more standoffish uh a little more unto themselves or whereas these ladies are are out there and uh are really willing to give whatever they whatever they have as far as personality is concerned and everything else yeah it, it is uh it is something and and, and i I have found uh, myself appreciating it more and more, Pete, especially, you know, in my job of, of dealing with athletes on a regular basis in all different sports. Uh, you know, it's something that stands out. Now, the other thing I'll say about the LPGA is, is they've had their hands full uh, with connecting with the audience because of this uh, huge influx in talent. Uh, and that's what it is. It's talent from uh, overseas. And mainly, if you wanted to zoom in on one country, it would be South Korea. Uh, and and what they've been able to do in this sport is is mind-boggling for those who haven't paid attention to the amount of success they've had on tour. Now you've got Yanni Sang from from Japan. You've got a a lot of – or sorry, not from Japan. Um, You've got uh, quite a few uh, ladies that that are doing very well, that are up at the top, that, uh, you know, are still learning our language, and I think that's a challenge. But I do think that they've made more of a point uh, to go that route. Uh, They understand. Not like the legends do, and that's the great thing about you know going to an event like you did, Pete. I wish I would have had the chance to join you out there uh, because they're at a point where the only reason they're playing is because uh, they understand that the fans were you know who allowed them to play in the first place. That they were a- they're respectful for the game uh, that they were able to play professionally at that stage. I think there's still a lot of young women who are on tour that, that don't have that. It takes some time to really, you know, have that click in unless you're an old soul uh, and, and you're special like that. Uh, but I think that, uh, by and large, in the LPGA, you're seeing more of that. They understand it. They know that they have to get the fans involved uh, and get the fans to uh, really enjoy themselves to keep coming back. Otherwise, there's there's no existence of their sport. Well, uh, the the nice thing about uh, about the legends uh, that I found when I was there um, is that they they enjoy playing the game. I mean, sure, they're playing for some money too. Don't don't get me wrong, uh, but and they're competitive. They are just they're just <laughs> just as competitive now as they ever were. Uh, but the fact is, they just enjoy playing the game for the sake of playing the game, and they know what the game has given to them. And I'll use Cindy Rarick as an example. Cindy Rarick was on tour, she was telling me, for 25 years. I didn't believe she... 25 years, she's 54 years old, and she looks like she was... She did when I played with her back in the late 80s when she was just breaking in. She's just fit as a fiddle and and, and looking great. And uh, she's been out there for 25, 24, 25 years. She made over $2 million in that time period. Now, you break that down, that's $82,000 a year. And it's certainly not what even the money is today, and that's uh, that's one thing to to consider, I suppose. The money, the purses have gotten so much larger, and maybe that's why both on both tours, all tours, uh, they're they're not as um, oh as as effusive as maybe they we would like them to be with the galleries. I, I don't know, but 
But the fact yeah, is... Yeah, it's more business than, than game now, Pete. You know, it's it's more business-like than it is uh, playing the game for the love of the game, and, and that's just the way it is. And and I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. Uh, but that's why it, it's, it stands out when you actually do identify someone who has that flair inside of them. Uh, and there yeah. are plenty of them, uh, you know, but, but to me... I think that's what I look for is, you know, who's out there that's just wheeling and dealing and understanding in their mind they're playing golf for a living. I mean, how great is that? And how many of us wish we had the opportunity to do that? So I think those who recognize that uh, stand out. They're, they're, they become the fan favorites, uh, the media favorites as well, and uh, and they usually have a, a good amount of success if they can get into that mindset. You, well, you know what you know, you know, Janet, Like you know, there's always been players in the. We can think back in the past where there's been real, you know, showmen or, or show, you know, type players on the course. I mean, go go back even to a Gigi Rodriguez or somebody that, that that really put on a show. And naturally, no, not everybody is going to be able to do it to that level, and it's not expected. And you wouldn't, and I don't think you'd want it. You wouldn't want to see 144 Gigi Rodriguez's during the tournament, but. But it, it's the, it's just the basic ability to understand that it's not only at this level, it's not only a golf tournament, but it's an entertainment venue. It doesn't mean you have to put on a show, but just respect the fact that, like you say, there's thousands and thousands of people coming out to watch something enjoyable, to to understand, to have that rapport with the with the galleries, to say, hey, I'm loving this, I'm enjoying it, and I hope you are too. And if you just get it down to that level. And make it a really enjoy whether it's the PGA Tour, the LPGA, the Web.com. Just, just, just treat the galleries as your partners, so to speak. That you're trying to create an event that you both walk away from that you feel really good about. And the players that do that, and the more players that do that, it makes it. It, it will make all the tours more successful as a result. Well, I, I tell you, I, I had the good pleasure of inter- interviewing several of the ladies out there. Uh, and as much as I talk about Cindy, because I've had the occasion, like I said, to play with her, but the fact is there was nobody out there that was any more congenial and any more uh, willing to come up and stop for a few minutes and, and give me an interview than uh, Rosie Jones, who was last year's champion, and Hall of Famer Patty Sheehan. Just incredible uh, fun talking to those ladies. Um Patty talking about you know her, her her limited schedule because she's got the kids in school and you know and things like it's just in, insightful things like you're, that you're not going to get and maybe it's just due to their age and maturity now uh, and, and that all lends to that but it's it's a breath of fresh air to see professional athletes uh, with that kind of an attitude and I, and I, I will tell you this I think uh, I see a young. Uh, uh, you know, Patty Sheehan in, uh, in Paige McKenzie, just having an opportunity to talk to her a bunch at, at Media Day and, and before that, too, and, and other times. Uh, she has that in her. I, I don't know if she's got the game yet. She's got to prove that still. Uh, but but I did want to point her out. Amanda Blumenhurst also a lot of fun to watch, and, and uh, she's kind of opening up uh, from a personality standpoint. I remember we interviewed her on Baxman and the Golf Show back probably five, six years ago before she was at Duke uh, when she was a, a star prep player out here. And uh, I think, uh, you know, she's somebody that, that uh, if you go out there next week, you can definitely rally around. I'm sure she'll have a lot of, of uh, her friends and family in the house and, and that's a neat thing, too, when you get uh, people back, especially when, like I said before, it's the first event of the year. 
but uh, I'm glad that they treated you so well, Pete. I'm I'm sure that was a, a blast. Uh, and now I'm going to make sure I go back and listen to some of those conversations uh, on Blog Talk. No, thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, I want to go back to that rooftop shot. Uh, when was the last time you stood six stories high and tried to hit a golf shot off, off the edge of a building? Uh, that, that would have been that would have been a once in a lifetimer for me, Pete. I can assure you of that, and pr- probably best for all concerned. Like like John was mentioning, they they actually had two shots set up for the LPGA players there. One was a two and a quarter shot to another green that was just for them. And given the existence of uh, a hotel, parts of the hotel, the swimming pool, and who knows what else, it's a very good thing that the media people were not taking shots at that green. Uh, but the wedge shot green at you know a little over 100 yards was uh, more within our, our range of abilities. That's that's for sure. So uh, uh, no, I never uh, never have tried that before. Uh, that, that's for sure. Well, I when I saw it, I, I watched the video, and uh, matter of fact, I posted the video on our straight down the middle Facebook page. Uh, but I, uh, I I saw where you guys were were, were hitting from. And you were pretty much right on the edge, weren't you? I mean, I I got a chill I got a chill down my spine just watching it. In my older age, I, I somehow, for some reason, have uh, now have an aversion to being on the edge of a precipice like that. And I just and I step back from the edge. I'm afraid I'd have had to go uh, way back down to the middle of the roof or something. I, I if I'd have lost my balance, I'd have I'd have gone over the edge just bigger than whatever, but uh, you guys were close to the edge of that thing. Yeah, we were, uh, and Pete, first of all, uh, bless you for using uh, aversion and precipice in the same sentence, because that's just, you know, <laughs> uh, bringing something to the table that, that I wouldn't be able to bring, and, and uh, yet I, I appreciate. Uh, I would say this, I got up there, and I don't have the aversion, uh, or you know, with precipices, or precipi, or whatever you would call them. Uh, I, I do think that uh, it was a lot closer than I had anticipated, because I got up there to interview the ladies when we were doing the spree cat, and we were standing basically right up against the edge. And I looked over and I, I said, Paige, you realize if I just give you a little nudge, it's over. You know? And she said, why do you bring that up? And I said, oh, <laughs> I looked over there and I saw how close we were. Uh, but uh, I, I shared this story with Kirk while we were up there on the roof that day. Uh, and why not? I'll, I'll bring the level of this show down to my notch. Uh, it's uh, one from back in my college days at Syracuse when – you know, as a golf fan, and, and really I had only played four years before college, but it was four packed years because I got convinced to get on my high school golf team. And so that's when I got hit with the bug. Now I go away to a place where you can play golf three days a year. It's in lovely Syracuse, New York, with the lake effect snow and uh, somebody's version of hell. But uh, that's, that's not part of the point. We had a night where it was a fun night. There was some kind of soiree happening in our house, and I decided uh, that I missed swinging a golf club so much that I was going to go out on the roof of the fraternity house and hit a three iron. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't know if it was my best decision. Uh, I don't think it was my worst, though. I really don't. I, I'm going to think back now, and I know that I've made worse. Uh, but I did take one swing with a golf ball. I took a few swing practice swings, loosen up in the negative 20-degree weather, and then I took one swing, and we had a group of people up on the roof. It was dark, uh, and I took it towards the women's building, which is a big gymnasium, and there's a bunch of fields and tennis courts between the house and the gymnasium. So it was quite a distance, uh, and there was no sound for about a two-and-a-half count until we heard a large crash of glass. 
Uh, and so uh, that that's a memory that I will uh, will take with me. And now I've shared it with a lot of strangers, and I'm okay with that because I think the statute of limitations uh, for the broken window has already passed. Well, I want to issue congratulations to you, John, for the use the proper use of the word soiree. Uh, <laughs> I got. I got to tell you guys, I'm scrambling for the dictionary here right now. I mean, <laughs> there's no way I can keep up with that. I got to tell you. Well, uh, we're all going to be be part of the soiree out there in one shape or form or another at uh, at the founders, and uh, I know I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I, I think uh, I think anybody that doesn't uh, take advantage of the fact that these these women are here, and the LPG is in LPGA is in town. It'll it'll never be probably as big as the uh, as big as the Phoenix Open, but I don't think they want to be either, do they? No, absolutely. No, I, yeah, go ahead, Kirk. Yeah, they they absolutely not. I mean, certainly, you know, any tournament director, any tournament would love to be able to say, hey, we have a we have a half a million people here, but. You know, look, that took, you know, 30, 40, 50 years to create here in, in Phoenix. And it's just, you, you need to have a venue and a setup and a, a lot of things pulled together to be able to do that. And not even the other, there's not even another PGA Tour event that can replicate that, let alone talk about the, the LPGA Tour. And, and, and like John alluded to, I mean, there are there are real challenges that, that the LPGA faces uh, in terms of developing their brand and in the face of the, you know, the economic headwinds that this comp- this country has experienced in the last few years, it's no no secret that uh, it's more difficult for the tours and developing the sponsors and developing the, you know, the corporate groups that, that want to be around golf because of the, the challenges that their company faces, their companies face, and that and that certainly has a direct uh, a direct trickle down effect to the to the tour events where they're trying to get. Um, you know, more more companies involved instead of less. And so, you know, the Donnelly Company has really stepped up with this event. They've made it a real, you know, as we've learned throughout the media events there, they've made it a real focus for their company and a real launching pad for a lot of a lot of the things they do. But uh, it, it it is difficult, and we're also in an era where, you know, overall uh, participation rates among juniors and among women are, have been declining over the last several years for what, whatever the reasons are. Um, but maybe things are turning around a little bit and getting people out to the event and seeing, seeing these ladies play can be certainly be one way to generate a little, a little extra spark in people uh, to, to get out and play more. Yeah, well, I, let me add this too, uh, Pete, real quick. I, sure. I think that, uh, it takes a while to develop a, a tradition, and uh, the Phoenix Open certainly has it. Uh, the R. Donnelly Founders Cup does not yet. Uh, however, uh, I know it's something that many of us and many people uh, are hopeful that, that it can and, and that it can do so here in the Valley of the Sun. I mean, this is, uh, this is certainly a place to hold a golf tournament this time of year. I mean, just look around right now. Get outside, soak it in, uh, and understand what the rest of the country is up against. This has to happen uh, out here, and it just takes the right partnerships, the right people involved to promote it the right way and get people to go out and have fun. And sure, it takes a little nice weather the week of the tournament to maybe have people have that extra amount of fun 
especially those who are visiting from out of town. But I think it's also about our own community rallying around it. So I think, you know, the key is hopefully they have another solid uh, week. You know, Yanni Sen won last year. It was dramatic, although the weather was awful. Uh, the other thing I think that's great for them is they're not up against the first rounds of the NCAA tournament this year, uh, which is uh, which is great for me, too, because I was concerned I was going to miss my Orangemen and my Golden Bears if they make it. Uh, and uh, and so that's not an issue. Uh, but I, I think it's it should be be a, a great event, and it can be something that this uh, community and that uh, the LPGA both uh, thrive on, and I hope that it does. Uh, it's going to take some time. It's never going to be the Phoenix Open, but it can be its own special event uh, that, that people around here are excited for every time it comes around. Well, the LPGA, as, as I know you both know, has, has had um, certainly a history. I'm not going to say that it's necessarily a storied history, but they've had a history of of being here in Arizona in the Phoenix marketplace. Uh, they used to play years ago out at Hillcrest uh, here in Sun City West, out on this part of my part of town. And Back in the day uh, was when Heather Farr was playing as an amateur, and they would up the first fairway, the first and second fairway, they had condos that all the ladies got to stay in. They were the visitor center condos, and, and they put them up in in the in, the, uh, in those condos, uh, I remember watching that and being out there with my dad and watching uh, watching the players. Uh, as a matter of fact, Patty Sheen and I talked about that. Uh, the other thing is, I used to be out there at the what was it, the Turquoise, uh, out on the out on the East Valley. Uh, they were out there for a while. They've been maybe a, another place or two. They've always Moon Valley, Moon Valley, and, uh, exactly. The Valley of Superstition Mountain. Right, right, exactly, and and they they always keep coming back to the valley, and they want to be in the valley, and it it's up to, it's up to the golf enthusiasts, men and women, and bring your kids, as you said, John. Uh, so let's go support these things because we want these kind of activities in the valley. We want these kind of activity activities in the state of Arizona. Um, it, it was, uh, it, it's really important to the economy and especially nowadays uh we need every bit of economic help we can get no oh, going like you say pete going back when they were at moon valley remember we're we're the home of where annika shot her 59 over in moon valley there so mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh maybe if the weather cooperates and we get a good weekend maybe we'll see another one of those this year so uh, that would be that would that would be Something dramatic at the event, somebody really to take off and shoot a low score, is one of the things that would, would you know, really pique a lot of interest, not only around here but but nationwide as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and they, and this being their their first domestic stop, uh, it certainly um, certainly would be nice if if they had a. Uh, a real successful event here, and and we in the uh, in Maricopa County can help make that happen. Uh, I think we should all give it a shot and try to get out there at least at least for one of the rounds uh, to see what uh, see what it's all about. And let me uh, let me throw this out there uh, for all your listeners, uh, Pete, that uh, are tuning in. Go over to Golf Mix if you want to come out because you're going to get uh, five dollars off your tickets uh, through Golf Mix, and we have the deal right on the homepage. It's our featured offer. Uh, so if you go to GolfMix.com and you'll get uh, take advantage of that. That's for good for any day tickets all next week as they'll be playing Thursday through Sunday. It's a four round tournament. Uh, which not all LPGA events are. And, uh, you know, listen, we had a great uh, pictures uh, of Arizona going around the Internet and, and on television when the, it was snowing on the on the top 64 over on the men's side. 
in Marana. And, and and while a lot of people thought, oh, that's a nightmare, uh, that's going to really be bad for the tournament, uh, we heard quite the contrary from the folks uh, in Tucson, the conquistadors, and, and the people who put on uh, the Accenture match play. Uh, and they ended up having a pretty darn good final, too, and I think that was another successful event. And that will be back next year, so that's great for our state. And now hopefully, as you guys both mentioned, uh, somebody goes super low next week or uh, it's a, a great dramatic finish or whatever happens, uh, the weather's going to be beautiful and uh, and the rest of the country is going to have a chance to watch it on the Golf Channel and, and hopefully tune into Golf Mix, too, uh, from 4 to 6 in the afternoon, so our time to uh, interact with the uh, with the players. You can ask them questions directly. You can jump on the camera and look face-to-face with them online. That's where technology is uh, taking us, and I'm excited to be a part of it. That'll be next week, and it'll all be uh, on golfmix.com. And we also, uh, uh, straight down the middle, will be broadcasting from there as well. Uh, it may be the case where we're going to have some live broadcasts coming, and then, or we're going to be gathering up the interviews to uh, put them together, edit them together for a, for a special special shows. Uh, as far as straight down the middle is concerned. Uh, before we get out of get out of here today, guys. Uh, um, I would like to know from either of you, probably you more so than uh, than anyone else, uh, John, uh, what's the status on Aaron Oberholzer? I mean, I know you, he's a friend of yours as well as a, a colleague in golf mix. Uh, what's what's his, his his playing status? He is uh, he's still fighting it, Pete. He's still uh, making the effort to get healthy and, and get back out and play. And right now it looks like he's targeting the uh, Shell Houston Open, which will be the end of this month. Uh, to get back out and play, um, his uh, his uh, hand didn't really treat him too well in his return to action at Riviera. Uh, but since then, he's been trying some new therapies, and he's also changing his irons uh, to uh, go with a lighter club because he was looking over at Fred Couples and seeing him hit it through the rough with ease, and, and wondering uh, why he couldn't do that when he's 15 years Freddie's junior. So. Uh, I think uh, I think he feels better about the equipment, which is always important. Uh, and I think he's starting to feel a little bit better health-wise, which is the key for him. And uh, and so we'll see uh, if he's able to get back out there. He'll be out at the LPGA walking around. You know, his wife used to be on the LPGA tour. Angie Rizzo was her name. Uh, she now changed it to Oberholzer, although I'm sure against many people's uh, wishes because that's a ridiculous name to change your name to. Uh, but uh, he uh, he's going to be out there wandering around. He's going to join us in the Spreecast Live from there uh, a couple of times next week, too, to talk about the uh, Founders Cup, and I'm sure we'll talk about the PGA Tour. We'll, we'll find out if Rory's uh, mea culpa means that he's going to now go out and blitz the field at Doral. I, I would love to see it. Uh, I'm not sold on the fact that he's uh, good to go with his equipment. But uh, maybe he'll prove me wrong with that, and maybe the wisdom tooth will give him a break. And, uh, and I'm sure the media is ready to give him a break. Man, it, it seemed like their reaction from his uh, his apology yesterday, for those who didn't uh, who hear about it, Rory McIlroy, the number one player in the world, apologizing to the media for how he walked off the course last week and complained about his wisdom tooth bothering him and gave mixed messages and uh, you know, just further proving that he is the antithesis of Tiger Woods. For all of you who want to call Rory the next Tiger, that's just not an accurate statement. And uh, I hope you'll reconsider after watching that press conference if you haven't seen it yet. So now he's even more of a media darling, but let's see if he can go out and play well. We'll talk about that uh, this afternoon, actually, uh, at 4 o'clock on Golf Mix. Hopefully some of you guys can come by. You don't have to jump on your webcam. You can be there in your shorts and and, uh, and just be watching. Uh, but uh, we'd love for you to interact and ask Aaron some questions, and you can ask him straight up how's he doing and, and when's he going to be back out there playing golf. But uh, I think that's the long answer to uh, he's still hopeful to get back out there, and, and we're hopeful he's able to as well. 
Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I was reading that Tiger and uh, Rory are teamed uh, to play together uh, in the opening round, or probably opening two rounds, I would have guessed. So yep. uh, uh, that that could be interesting in and of itself uh, with regard to uh, contrasting and so on and so forth and seeing how they interact. If they even do, who knows? They get on the golf course, they may be bitter enemies again, you know, uh, and just not even uh, visit with each other except with, when they do their commercials, I don't, I don't know how all that stuff works. I don't, I don't know. It just baffles me. Uh, uh, you just, it seems to me, you play golf and you enjoy playing golf with it, regardless of who you're playing golf with, unless they're just an absolute ah. And uh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe one of them is. I don't know. <laughs> enough of my, enough of my, uh, of my editorial content for one day. <laughs> hey, hey that's, what, that's what this is all about, Pete. I mean, people want to hear your thoughts and your opinion. It's straight down the middle. You didn't keep it straight down the middle that time, though. You're, yeah, you're a little off to one side. Yeah, well, I'm always I'm always heading heading in one direction or another. Sometimes, you know, I play that <laughs> I play that army golf. You know how that is, left, right, left, right. Uh, well, guys, I tell you, anything else you'd like to add about uh, what's coming up, what you're going to be doing? Uh, now's the time to do it. I. I, I I always say to people on uh, on the radio shows that we do, the Boomer the Babe shows, that this is your time for your shameless self-promotion. You've been pretty much doing that all day, all day anyhow, John. So uh, what do you think? You got anything more to give us? <laughs> I think you know I'm shameless by now, Pete. <laughs> You're well aware of my shamelessness. Uh, however, Kirk is not shameless. I want to give Kirk an opportunity if there's something. I know we've... Uh, we're looking into doing a pretty fun contest for the Masters, so we want to make sure people know that too, Riker. Yeah, absolutely, John. And I and I do have my shameless aspects to me. There's no no question about that. Just just ask my wife of 33 years, and she'll 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 verify that. That's for sure. But uh, <laughs> you know, absolutely, we want to, at this time of year when we have so many golfers out here in Arizona, a combination of spring spring training, spring breaks, and beautiful weather. Get on to Golf Mix. Take a look at what people are saying about the courses when you're making a decision about where you're going to spend your vacation time. And and if you're going to be coming, if you're listening around the country and you're going to be coming out here maybe in the next few weeks, go take a look at Golf Mix and see what golfers like you have said, and, and let that help you let let that help you make your choice about where you're going to play out here. There's over 200 courses in Metropolitan Phoenix, and yes, they do get crowded at this time of year, but. Uh, Use that as your guide to find out a little bit more about your golf course before you go on before you go out there to play, uh, and it'll make it a more enjoyable experience for you. That that's for sure. Well, I tell you, I think we'll let that one be the last word, and uh, we I appreciate your taking the time to be with me today, guys. We'll do this again next week, and uh, uh, maybe we'll have a chance to do some of this from uh, from the Donnelly and. Uh, uh, we'll just have look forward to having a nice uh, a nice event, a nice week out there. Yeah, I'm excited for it, Pete. Look forward to seeing you, and uh, always nice talking to you guys. Thanks yeah. again, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thanks for joining us. All right. Good to be with you. Take care. You've been listening to Straight Down the Middle on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com.
To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started.